And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And we did it! We made it to the end. We're here. We finally arrived to all of the, all of the craziness that is Goblin. Oh my gosh! And we are diehard fans now. Yep. We did it. We made it. They, they gave us, us everything we wanted, and so then we finally we were just holding our adoration for ransom like psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah if you didn't cry for the past two hours while you watched these episodes i don't maybe you should skip this finale because we're not gonna be on the same page we really aren't uh emily and i finally got to watch this together again and it's been a while since we've had time to watch them together and we I, like i don't know if we like fed into each other's sadness if, like, the camaraderie <laughs> of crying made it more okay to ugly cry. <laughs> but I didn't do so hot through these last two episodes. Eh, like, episode 14 was, or, excuse me, episode 15 was okay. Episode 16, I, uh, I melted into a pile of my own tears, so. Yes. Oh, man. So, yeah, if you're... If you're like, these were good, and I enjoyed them objectively, I don't know, maybe maybe skip this episode of the podcast, because we're about to go on an emotional roller coaster, take you through everything that we went through. We just have a lot of feelings, and this is where they are, this is where we'll house them, is these two, this episode of the podcast. <laughs> This episode of the podcast. So, episode 15, we are back in Quebec, and um, it's kind of interesting. She starts seeing ghosts again, which is cool, and she meets this crazy lady who's like, I made that necklace, and she's like, I don't know how I have a necklace from Quebec, but it's a little spooky. Yeah, I, I don't uh... know. The, like, psychopath inside of me? I don't know. It's not, psych like, completely psychotic. The uh, egotistical maniac inside of me gets really excited whenever I hear any K-drama actor speak English. And so those <laughs> two seconds when she had that conversation with that woman, I was like, these are the best. This is awesome. <laughs> I think I'm just like, eternally impressed with bilingual people, and so when I see people fluently speaking a language that I know is not their first language, I'm, like, always impressed. But then it's my language, and I'm like, oh, look, I could look down at my notes and not have to worry about Constantly rewinding. Constantly read. Yeah. Yeah. I have to pay super close attention to the K-drama anymore, because now I can just listen. Yep. Can disengage my eyes for two seconds. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. It's exciting. But yeah, it's kind of a weird little random scene, as a lot of this K-drama is. That's like, oh, super interesting, build some intrigue, but not not necessary right. to the story. Yeah. And then, um... The lady also reveals that the necklace has a meaning, which is like a match made in heaven. Like, like destiny brings these two people together. Which, if you're standing in the shoes of Untak, who has forgotten the person who gave this to her, who has no clue what is happening and what events surrounded it, it's... I mean... That's a lot to take in. <laughs> it's a mystery. It heightens her curiosity. Yeah. Which is fine. She needs as many clues as she can get at this point. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe something that weird softened the blow of Kim Shin showing up in Canada. That's true. He's acting like a real freak right now. Yeah. 
It's he's not playing it cool. No, it's especially weird because he like covered his tracks by being like, I'm here on business. And she totally could have said, how did you, or she did say, how did you know I was in Canada? And at which point he could have fully swept all of his creep tracks away. But instead he was like, the maple leaf country. But if he had just said, I'm not here to see you. I mean, I'm here on business, like I said. Yeah. We just both happen to be in Canada. You never told me you were in Canada. Like, have no. some chill, Kim Shin. Just a, <laughs> a modicum of chill. No. No, he just goes straight for the worst lie, which is like, oh, yes, you told me you were going to Canada. Why? Why? Oh, But then we get the scene that we've waited so many episodes for. And he, as we know now, is the president that was in the lunch that he spent so much of his time being jealous over. Doesn't and he petty. look silly? Doesn't he look silly? All I'm saying what is a man. he caused like 12 fights over this one vision he had, and all of them were pointless. Sometimes you just hate him. <laughs> yeah, because he's so... He's just kind of a crazy person, and you don't realize it until you look back at all of the things he did. And it's like, fine, he's an endearing crazy person. I don't think he's dangerous. <laughs> but he's definitely... I mean, I would think he was dangerous if I was her, but she seems fine because, as we've discussed, he's rich, so... Yeah. It's fine. That makes everything better. Um, And then I think we jump over to Korea with Sunny's storyline, which is one of the most interesting of this, this episode 15. It's insane. You find out so much about, I don't know, what she's been through. And it's... Poor Sunny. She's had a rough. Sunny. And it starts out with her taking in the kids that Untak has been helping out and protecting from bullies, which is obviously we always have to eat our words because that kid is apparently God now. Yep, once again. So that's cool. <laughs> yep. And Sunny's like, I just hope God knows that I don't want him to wipe my memories because they're mine and I own them. And the little kid is God, so he doesn't. He, he doesn't his, wipe her memories. He gives his wise little nod and lets her keep him. And then she's got them for the rest of her life. I don't know. I want to say she's tortured by them, but she's Sunny, so she's like, chin up, soldier. Yeah. I'll just... I'll live. The I'll actual keep living. most emotionally, like, just the best emotional constitution out of every other person in the show. She just kind of, I don't know, shoulders that burden and is, for all she knows, the only person who remembers anything that happened and somehow still finds it in her to, like, take care of Untak, who is devastatingly sad but doesn't know why, and I don't know, it's just so much. Yeah, there's this montage where um, Untak moves in above Sunny, and then um, Kim Shin returns. Uh, I think it's when Untak calls him, when she's like a little bit older, and he's got his his old uniform on, but obviously Sunny recognizes him because she knows her past life and her present life. And then she passes the Grim Reaper on the street and all of these situations, she just has to grin and bear it. Yeah, and you later, like, you know that the Grim Reaper also remembers, but at that point, I think later she kind of reveals, like, I knew he remembered right away or something. But at that point, you kind of think, I don't know, she just is the best actress in the whole world, because she, she just keeps it, she conceals it, and I'm so impressed, because I don't know how to be that cool. Yeah, 
probably my favorite part about all of that was that it was a beautiful fashion show of all of Sunny's best looks. For years. For years. She's flawless. Just years worth of beautiful, beautiful Sunny. I can't get enough of looking at her. She's a work of art. She's a work of art. Um, The very next scene, I think, is where Untak remembers, which is cool, obviously, and we can talk about that, but also she's wearing the most perfect outfit. As she was picking it out, I was just... It doesn't it do one of those like little montages as well, where it's like, should I wear this thing or should I wear this thing? And I was like, yes, you picked the right thing, because... All of it's so cute, like her cute little pink wrap skirt with her sweater and her coat. So cute. I love that skirt. And then she uh, takes a little walk. She takes a little stroll, tries to compose herself, and ends up in that little Christmas shop that they visited, like episode two or something. Yeah. <clears throat> Jesus. Um... My throat just decided to join the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're both sick. Like, that's that's a thing. I hope our nice, scratchy voices are essential to listen to this and not horrible. Good podcasting right here. <coughs> yeah, she. I think that's the shop where she remembers because it's the most beautiful place that they could have another scene in. Yeah, they were like, ah, uh, we can't waste this set. One more. One more. So she blows out a candle and calls Kim Shin. They have a nice little hug. She runs through the streets of Canada sobbing until he stops her. It's nice time. Yep. And then then she remembers. She remembers so much. And they just have a little talk. They have a good talk. It's sweet. It is. They finally have a normal relationship. It is kind of lovely because you get to watch them date, like real date, not the weird pseudo dating where he was more like her babysitter, but Mm -hmm. like sincerely go on dates together and she like calls him all the time and he picks her from work, brings her flowers. Yeah, it's all so lovely and it's Just kind of what you always, I don't know, it's what I always wanted from their relationship, to not feel like it was creepy, to feel like they were on equal ground, and that they enjoyed dating each other, and that they were both adults. So cute! They gave it to us for one and a half episodes. Yep. And it was the best one and a half episodes I could have possibly asked for. Yeah, probably better than any K-drama. Yeah, because... Something else that I really appreciated from these episodes was was the uh the friendship that finally developed like the true complete deep understanding friendship that developed between the Grim Reaper and the Goblin. Oh my god. That was so sweet. It was. It was everything I wanted it to be. I love a good Good friendship. I was going to say a good bromance, which I do, but I also constantly talk about girl power and how I love girl friendships. I just love friendship. I just love friendship. And their friendship is so beautiful, and I also love the reunion between Untak and the Grim Reaper because I love their friendship. And he's so happy to see her. They're... I mean, he's so happy for, like, one second, and then he's like, oh, you're 29, and you remember, which, if you don't remember, they do an immediate flashback to it, but you remember they're not supposed to meet at 29, that's a bad thing, but he's happy for himself. Yeah, like, he gets to see her, and then he gets worried about her, because he's a good friend. It's cute. Oh, Kind of a weird thing, going back to, like, their time in Canada. They go home. He guilts her a little bit for, like, hopping on a plane right after they get back together. But, like, there was no way around it. She takes a 17-hour flight home. And then he teleports her back to Canada. 
And we're all a little mixed about that. Yeah. Like, we get it, you're magical. It would be very disparaging to end up right back where you started after a 17-hour flight. Like, can't we hang out at your house in Korea? I, I like Quebec. It doesn't feel right to be here again. <laughs> it's a long flight. I guess they couldn't stay away from that good, good Canadian beer. <laughs> that that branding, that label out, drinking the beers. <laughs> Casual. Real cash. And this is the episode where DeCroix finds out the Grim Reaper and Goblin's identities as such. And I think that's neat. I love that Dequa's like a little third wheel on their friendship. It is. It's they're a good family. Very lovely. But poor Dequa, because he is confused this time around. He was never 100% in. Like, he wasn't in the inner circle for sure. That's but fair. He kind of knew, you know. They let him in <laughs> on some stuff, and now he's relearning it, and. Man. He had to learn it once, but to learn it twice, that poor kid, he's so lost. He's like, my grandpa told me about it, but I don't get it. I'm gonna call NASA. <laughs> oh yeah, he tries to call NASA. He tries to so report funny. him. <laughs> oh, that's good. See, they're just a good little trio together. And this episode... Ends in the most beautiful way, with <gasps> Kim Shin revealing that Untak was his first love, and a little proposal. And it was the most profoundly, beautifully worded proposal that I've ever heard. It was so much build-up, which is classic Kim Shin. Yeah, can't do anything without his little flair, his little flavor. <laughs> but this time around it was good, because a proposal's supposed to be like that. I was I was satisfied with that ending. It was. Should have just ended the show right there. If they had. God, I would have been happy. I, it's sad because, like, the relationship that I've loved since day one between Sunny and the Grim Reaper is nowhere near resolved by the end of episode 15, but... Damn, does it's episode so worth 16 it. hurt? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not ready to be hurt. To um, let's, let's dive into it. Yeah. So, like, first scene, we're back. Proposal. Obviously, Untak says yes, because... Obviously. Obviously. We weren't exactly waiting on pins and needles for that. <laughs> but still, it's nice. Yeah. And then, um... You, uh, riding that high of being so happy for them. And then her aunt kind of appears just out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, she appears and, like, two scenes later disappears. Yeah, and that's fine. Because she was dead the whole time. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, a cool little plot twist right at the end. Yeah. But, uh, not super necessary. It was, I guess it was nice in a tying up loose ends kind of thing, but more than that, it was an interesting way to talk about how Untak can see ghosts again. Mmm. Because that's true. she can see her aunt, she can see her old creepy friend who takes her aunt away like a good friend, as creepy as she yeah. is. I love that. That's a good ending for that lady. Yeah. The, the little ghost that had followed her around for most of her life. Yeah. And then Dacroix gets really, really jealous that his uncle is getting married. And he has to have a Secretary Kim talk. Secretary Which Kim. is one of the best talks of the show. It really is. They're, they're hard to beat because they do a really good job with their conversations and their dialogues in this show. But this is one of the number ones. It's really beautiful. It's got that humor aspect, because Dequa is here. And <laughs> Secretary Kim's like, you know you can't get married by yourself, right? You can't just marry you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Secretary Kim is now CEO Kim, and apparently he's got a wife and children. A life of his own. I was just relieved for him. Like, he has a life outside of these maniacs, and good for him. Yeah, thank God. He's got it all. He's got it all. He's a man with a plan. And it was a... I think that's the last time you see him. He kind I guess, no. He pops up here and there. Yeah. Low-key. But, yeah, I think it's one of the last conversations that they have with him. And he they also, give him a good part. Yeah. He, they also, um... Gets invited to their, like, wedding reception. Their four-friend wedding reception. Intimate. Very intimate. I forgot about that. Because he just passes out. He's more of, like, a comedy trope than an actual person in that scene. Yeah. They just kind of inserted that little little baby bit. But we will talk about that scene when we get to it. Because there's a lot to say about that weird little wedding. Yeah. I do want to say that it's lovely that the Grim Reaper had a moment with Untak before the wedding. I just, I'm so on them being friends. Like, I'm just so on them being friends. And so I loved that little moment they had, and he got her a present, a wedding gift. It was her beautiful bouquet. That's when the crying started for me. That was part one. And then from there, it was just, like, a build. There was a climax of crying, and then there was just, like, the falling action of crying. But this was part one. This was, like, the beginning of the rising action of tears. And it was the most beautiful moment. Just giving your best friend her bouquet for her wedding is touching. So touching. And then he sends them off to get married. Alone. No one's there. Which I don't know if that's legal, but it's fine. It's cute. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're doing anything by the rules here in this little group of friends. That's fine. I guess he's a he's a goblin, so he doesn't have to deal with that kind of stuff. But I think at this point these were all beautiful tears because I was just so happy. So I, it was good. Yeah, I really loved her wedding dress. If uh camp can't dip out on talking about fashion. Really loved no. her wedding dress. Mm-hmm. She looked stunning. And simple, not like over the top. Mm-mm. And then Oof. that, like, they they have their beautiful time together. And then it jumps to, like, that night, I guess. Are we, are oh, we... is that the reception? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, we're already back to it. That was fairly quick. You know what? I skipped over completely, though, because I thought it happened after the wedding, but it does not happen after the wedding. What? Sunny's goodbye. Oh. So we'll jump back to that, because that's, um... Maybe that's probably when the crying actually started. Yep. Shoot, there's too many... That was an ugly cry? Yeah, there was... That was an ugly cry moment. That was one of the harder the harder things to get through because uh I don't know. Those beautiful kids, they just couldn't get it together. They couldn't get it together in this lifetime. Oh, there's nothing to say. It's just so sad. Yeah, I I can't really I don't know. I can't deal with it. It makes me sad on a lot of levels. The first being that she sort of said goodbye to Untalk a little bit. Like, she let her know she was moving. And then she wrote a nice letter and then dipped. She was gone. Oh, yeah, she, like, aired a letter on the radio. Yeah. A really... Which was, like, a suicide letter? It was a little heavy for just a regular goodbye. I was really glad to see that it was a regular goodbye when... When, it was so dramatic. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautifully written. Mm-hmm. She's a little poet. But, yeah, it was a little mad that she wrote this dramatic letter, and then everyone starts racing around town trying to find her. And then she's like, I gotta go live my life on my own. And you're like, thank God, okay. 
Yeah. Go do that. Like, I'm glad you're okay, but God. And then she goes and stands on a bridge and counts people. Which, like, I know is a throwback to kind of what she does near the beginning when she's just waiting in her chicken mm. shop. But also, um, I can't think of anything more disparaging than standing on a bridge counting 50 people and having the actual 50th person be the one person you're waiting for to say goodbye to. And their goodbye was so heartbreaking. Oh. Yeah, I think that's when the ugly crying started. And then and then it was beautiful tears for a minute. And then it was laughing tears because they go to the wedding reception and it's kind of jokey. I don't know. I did not get that scene at all. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was like a tradition that everyone in the room hated except the married couple or if the married couple was forcing all of their friends to endure this weird new sing-along they decided to enact at the dinner table. It's They start singing, and nobody joins in. They're kind of half-heartedly clapping. But everyone's, yeah, like, waving their hand. Like, everyone's somewhat part of it, but not really part of it. And then they just cut. Yep. They just cut. They don't show you that everybody soon gets into it, everybody gets excited, and it's the most beautiful wedding reception. They're like, no, we can't save this scene. Mm-mm. So it was, uh, it was a way to do things. It was a choice that was made. Choices were made. Choices were made, and it stopped my tears for a minute, so I guess that's fine. This is a... This is where it gets so real, because you have this, like, quiet wedding night, and you think, like, oh, everything's good with the world, and then you see that the timer on the episode still has about 40 minutes left, and you're like, what could possibly happen? They've resolved everything. Everything's fine. It's gonna be so boring. Let's wrap it up. It's gonna be so boring. What could they possibly do? And then the writers, the writers of Goblin were like, hold my Subway sandwich. I got this. And then they rip you apart. Just shattered by the end of this episode. Um, I can't. Do you want to? I don't, I don't know how to even present all of it. Are we going to go over what happened? Are we going to just talk about our feelings? I don't know. Um, I, don't, I don't know. All of it. Both. Um... The next scene is the Grim Reaper, and he has a whole stack of little death cards. For children. For children. Little baby children. And um, the only thing that can save all those children is Untak, which you never thought was a choice that the show would have you make. It's a pretty easy choice. Anyone knows what should happen. And you're so proud of Untak for making that choice for herself. For being such a good person. She uh, has the most perfect day and it puts her right where she needs to be between the truck that kills the children and the children. And So she dies an angel. Yep. And then I, I cried not, I cried not once, but twice at this scene because I watched it twice for notes, for note taking, and it devastated both times. I, I thought I was going to be fine. And then I remembered all of the little nuances that they throw in, like the moment the Grim Reaper is standing in front of her and asking her, You must be Untalk. Oh, don't say it! And oh she- my god! <laughs> They're best friends! Why does he have to take her? Why does he have to be the one? His friend was right there. But also, it wouldn't be right 
If anyone else took her. Gotta compose. Okay, I'm not gonna cry on the podcast. I'm sorry my voice did that thing. (laughs) That was probably horrible to listen to. Um... (laughs) Raquel's just going to make me cry because all I want when I die is for my best friend to come get me and say, hey, I'm right here waiting for you. Uh, now I'm going to cry. And that's what she got. It was beautiful. And we're just crying just thinking about it. So clearly they did a fantastic job. Good job, um, writers. Good job, writers. We hate everything now. (laughs) Nothing feels okay anymore. Nothing will ever be the same. Um, And then he takes her to the tea shop, which she has never seen before. And Kim Shin shows up. And it just doesn't stop. Just keep it going. The ugly cries, the tears... They say the most beautiful goodbye, and in the very end, um, the Grim Reaper offers her her tea to help her forget her memories of her life, and she says, no, thank you. I will remember all of this. I won't drink that. She already forgot her life once, and I think she's done with that. Yep. She wants to be able to find the goblin, and I just... I can't. Yeah, there's one tiny glimmer of hope, which is, I think the Grim Reaper tells her that it was her first life. Mm-hmm. So she's got four, three left. That's pretty good. Three lives to continue to find him or look for him. I hope she, I hope it was her very next life. That, but who knows? That it ends on. Mm-hmm. You just kind of assume. Yeah. She's given uh, all the advantages. She she remembers everything. Yeah, she's got to be able to find him in the next life. Yeah. And then it's a time jump to 30 years later. Yes, and the Grim Reaper gets his final calling card. We all know who it's going to be. Yep, you don't have to be able to read any other language to know what it says on that card. I think it said she was, like, 68 years old. She lived a long, good life. And she gets to see the Grim Reaper, her first and last love for the last time. (sighs) Tears can't stop. No, they just keep going. And you also realize, because he says his goodbyes to the goblin, because he's leaving, too. And it leaves the goblin alone in his world, without his best friend or his love, and or his sister. Or his sister. And then the Grim Reaper pulls one last string, because he knows how to quit like a real human being. Like when you quit a job, you break all the rules. Might as well just break one more. One more rule, and um, he. Let's the Grim Reaper see his sister for the last, or excuse me, the goblin. He lets Kim Shin see Sunny one last time. And that busted me. (laughs) Like, I was so done. By that point, I had cried what I thought were all the tears that were left in me. And then I delved down deep and pulled up more tears because... It was such a beautiful sibling goodbye. It reminded me of how me and my brother speak to each other. Because I think the last thing the Grim Reaper... Why do I keep saying that? The the last thing Kim Shin, the goblin, says to his little sister is, um, Be happy, my ugly little sister. And it shouldn't be sweet, but it's so sweet. It's one of those things where you true to form. Yeah, where you have a sibling, you know, you know when you have a sibling that that's just what you that's how you talk to them, and it's the sweetest thing. You can't stop the tears at this point. It's the trail of tears. 
this episode. So that's how Kim Shin ends up alone. And then you're back to the beginning and after all of this you realize I don't just that this has been his whole life for the past nine hundred years that every person he meets and enjoys the company of dies. Yep. They all leave him. Even the other immortal person. The one other person that was always supposed to be there with him, the Grim Reaper, also dies. And you feel for him. You feel a lot more for Kim Shin. Especially because he voluntarily came back to that world. Like, he could have been finished with all of it. He had the opportunity to go first, and he still decided to go last. That champion. What a champ. What a champ. Um, and he runs into this man who thinks that Kim Shin is looking for jobs, and he's sad and homeless, and that's why he looks so sad on a bench. And he offers him half of his Subway sandwich. And he says one of the most weirdly beautiful lines, which is, Why are sandwiches cut in half? It's so you can share them. <laughs> it's like, that's really touching. That should uh, be Subway's new slogan. That's beautiful. And I've always felt deep in my heart that sandwiches are the highest form of affection. Like, you make someone a sandwich, you care about that person. <laughs> That's so weird. I do. I know that's crazy. I <laughs> I developed that philosophy once when uh, I was living. So, like, my first roommate ever was Emily's husband. Mm-hmm. And then Emily's husband's cousin. And, like, it was, we were in college. I was starving. I was sad. It was finals week. And he made me a sandwich. And I don't know if I've felt gratitude like that since. I thought you were going to tell the story where he accidentally ate your sandwich. No, uh, also once Emily's husband ate one of my sandwiches and I cried. There was a sandwich in the fridge. He thought Emily had bought it for him. It was actually mine. He ate it. I was so excited coming home to my sandwich that day. And then it was not in the fridge and I cried because I am a psycho, psycho person. Like I just- Sandwiches are love and he took that love away. Yep. I don't have, I didn't have love left after that. After that? He bought me a sandwich to make up for it. So we're all square now. I didn't, yeah. That makes sense. There's another sandwich story. I thought you were going to tell the sad one. (laughs) No, The happy one and the sad one. They've both been told now. <laughs> you hear you heard it here on the podcast. Sandwiches. Sandwich stories. <laughs> they mean love. <laughs> they represent so much. I get and it. Now. I get it why I, every K drama is sponsored by Subway now. Yeah. Cause it's a sign of true love. And he gives him half a sandwich and then Kim Shin sends him to CEO Kim. Yep. Give him a job. Passing it around. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I thought that was a around. nice little ending for Kim Sh- or CEO Kim. Different Kim. Yeah. Yeah. Get to see he's the time. job fairy. Yeah. And he's like real old. It's so old. He has he's hung in around. there. He has hung in there. And we were trying to decide if it was Dequois that was in the car. Not sure. Can't tell. They finally got a different actor. Like, I've been wanting it for a long time because Dequois gets played by the same actor for all of his ages. So you don't... I don't know. They keep having time jumps and you're like, he's not different at all. But, I mean, that's what they've done for everyone. So I don't know why I complain with him. Once. Maybe it's because he always looked 17. Really, the only person they changed at all during any of the time jumps was Untak, and thank God for that. Like, thank you guys for finally giving us, not only, you didn't even just say she's an adult now, you made her look like an adult and dress like an adult, and if I can one day dress half as well 
as adult untalk dresses. I It sucks, because right now I know as like a 24-year-old human being... I dress like 19-year-old Untak. I wish I was like 29-year-old Untak. She looks gorgeous. And they, yeah, they made it feel like there was a time jump. I guess Dequa was always really well-dressed, so that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you see the ending of The Grim Reaper and Sunny. <gasps> And it's so good. Can you say spin-off series? Can we have a spin-off series? Please. Like new I life. I would watch it. I would watch it so much. They could keep it going forever and I'd just watch these cute beautiful people love each other. Oh my god. It's she's an actress now and he's a detective and they're so sweet to each other and they're so honest and normal in their relationship. And I need it. I need it as a show. I know their relationship is already pretty solid, so we don't want a drama around it, but maybe like please. a lighthearted comedy, a YouTube series where we see cute moments <laughs> of them being sweet together. Please, anything. Just a little more. Just a little more, because it's the only thing you gave us at the very end. Because, okay, so here's my thing. No, let's let's talk about the ending first, and then we'll talk about my thing with the ending. Oh, okay. The final scene is Goblin visiting the graves in Quebec, and sitting around, being weird. I don't know. She's probably doing a monologue. I forget. But then Untak walks up behind him, and she clearly remembers. And it's should have been really nice. Except yeah. she was wearing a schoolgirl uniform. Why? Why is it so creepy? Why does it have to be a thing at all? Because she's literally his bro- Like, they've been married- Oh, why did they do that? Why She could be any age. She could be any age. And even if she's 19, I feel like they could have put her in regular clothes. Just uh, anything. Uh, why? Why a schoolgirl uniform? I don't get it. I don't approve. I don't approve of it. I, I think that really at the last second, both of them. I guess the biggest problem with it is that they gave us everything we could have asked for. Everything. They gave us friendship between the Grim Reaper and the Goblin. They at least gave us some kind of closure with Sunny and the Grim Reaper with hope of, like, a different life, a different love. Um, They gave us Untak and, as an adult, like, the, the one thing that just drove us crazy about the whole K-drama, they gave it all to us, and then they took it all away, and they couldn't even be cool about it, and put her in, like, a, like, some nice street clothes, you know? Like, they couldn't even be like, yeah, she's young, but she's, like, lived a bunch of lives now, and she, she's, she knows what she's doing, and she's practically an adult. They were like, nope, she's a kid again. It's like, they're starting from scratch. So, that was our biggest problem. It's so creepy. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. They kind of ruined it right at the end for us. Yep. I don't know. It was still the most beautiful K-drama ever made. They couldn't have done a better job. It was like... They couldn't have done a better job with production. They couldn't have done a better job with acting. I don't even think they could have done a better job with, like, 99.999% of the writing. I just wish they had not made her a child at the end. It's all I wanted. Yeah. I mean, if they're not going to make her a child at the end, it'd be great if they didn't have to make her a child at the beginning. If we're making requests. Yeah. But... Yeah, I feel like half the time in the first few episodes, she would wear hoodies over her uniform. Could have done that. 
Honestly, even just a small step in the right direction. Then we could have at least pretended that everything was fine and no one was too young to be dating the person in the scene. But they couldn't give us that. I don't know. I'm un- I'm clearly unhappy with the ending. Yeah. Same. And, like, I don't know. I, I feel like we'd be doing ourselves, our listeners, and the show a disservice to be like, I don't know, I just... I can forgive this one thing that I was salty about for so, so long uh, just because, I don't know, I feel like I have to because I love the show. I did love the show, but I still have my opinions. Yeah. Oof. I don't know. I don't know where to go from there. I'm happy... For the rest of episode 16. It was like the last 30 seconds they had to take it all away. Yeah. I do have, like, there is one thing I would like to call into question before we wrap up. Maybe you can, like, help clear this up for me. Maybe we can, like, headcanon some stuff. Maybe our (laughs) listeners can write in and, like, help me come to terms with, like, how the rest of their lives are going to play out. I do not understand the conditions now of the goblins' immortality. And that Mm. was kind of bothering me because, like, does he wait? Like, does he age? I don't know. She'll age, right? Like, and this time she wants to age alongside him and have many years with him. And that's beautiful and so, so lovely. And then she'll die. Does he die? Who knows? Who knows? I feel like, I don't know. My optimist is saying that... The god that has kind of meddled and controlled Kim Shin's immortality up until this point will meddle once again and throw them for a loop at some point, but make Kim Shin start to age. That's just my perfect ending. I hope so. So Yeah, there's no clue that what is going to happen with them. There's... No reason for me to believe that's what's gonna happen. Right. Or it's like, just what I want. She was on her first life, so I don't know if, like, he'll just continue, like, she'll die, and then he'll wait for her to find him again, and they'll do that for a couple of times, and then he'll die. Like, I guess I just... It's hard to be entirely happy or, like, feel like there was closure with that particular aspect of their relationship in that, like... I don't know, it's all about them being together and the whole thing, like, the whole beginning of the entire anything to do with this was, like, him just wanting to end his existence because it had, like, he couldn't do it anymore. Like, it, like he didn't want to keep doing it. And now he's stuck yeah. in this way where there's n- no way to end his existence that I can see. And also, like, someday his only desire to keep living will disappear from the earth. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. It's heavy. It's so up in the air. Had to, had to drop that last, that last unanswerable <laughs> question. Just so nobody could be satisfied. Yep. <laughs> if they take away my happiness, I'll try and take away everyone else's. <laughs> Good job. You gave us a riddle that we can never answer. We think too much about this K-drama, I guess. Just let it sink into the abyss. Let it sit. Let the beautiful lessons it taught us just settle. So yeah, that was Goblin. How did everybody else feel about it? I hope that everyone had as many feelings as we did, and... Maybe there were questions you guys had, or maybe you guys can just answer my last posed question, or maybe we can just talk about who deserves the Bus Stop Girl Award. I don't know. Just send us anything. Just send us any, I don't know, thoughts, ideas, feelings, questions you have, because we want to hear them, because we're feeling all the things right now about this beautiful drama, and we want to know what else is out there. I'm definitely going to be thinking about it for, like, ever. And so if, like, you listen to this and it's, like, obviously a year after the posting date, 
of the episode or whatever. Like, say you're listening to this and it's 2019. I still think it would be really cool if you just, like, emailed us or commented on the episode and just let us know what you thought, because right now I'm just lost inside of this K-drama, and I want I want to talk about it with you guys. Even if it's in the future. Even if it's Because it'll in- probably still be real. Yep. I'll just rewatch it. And if it's it. not... Yeah, I'll just rewatch it because it's so good now that I don't hate it anymore. Yep, I feel like I could endure it all just to, like, I don't know, see all of the beauty that was this K-drama all over again. Um, so if you if you do want to contact us, you can go to our website, that's playonk.com. Or you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at PlayOnK. And I think um, that's iTunes. All. Oh, <laughs> iTunes. Go to iTunes and subscribe. Got four. Four places that you can comment and subscribe and let us know how you felt about this K-drama. Because we want to know. We really want to know. Yeah. We want to talk about it. And we want people to give us their insights and favorite scenes. I know, I think we're going to do a bonus episode for this one as well, where we just talk about, like, Goblin overall. And uh, I know there were even a couple of scenes in this episode that, like, like probably my all-time favorite scene. We kind of skipped over and I completely forgot about it until just now. And so I'm going to, like, shamelessly insert that into the bonus episode so listen to that as well um but if you comment before we record the bonus episode we can talk about what your thoughts are as well because that's kind of what we want the bonus episodes to be yes everyone everyone's thoughts and opinions and feelings just hit us up just comment email us let us know what you think and we'll put you on the podcast yeah And then, of course, our final thank you has to go out to James Hevel, who made our theme song. Thanks so much, James. Thank you. He's so talented. Watch for him, especially if you're in the Midwest right now, because that's where he does his thing. And again, sorry if this episode was low energy. There were a lot of tears shed over this episode, and we are both recovering from colds so so we're husks of people thank you for listening (laughs) thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week for the bonus episode see you next week bye bye